Greetings in Jesus name. Welcome back my dear friends. This is the Wednesday night heart to heart conversation. We are excited to go into God's word. We are excited to receive a fresh revelation of what God is speaking today right now. The rhema word. We are excited to receive it from the Lord. Can we just take some time to thank God for his provision over our lives? Can we thank God for giving us the gift of his voice the gift of the written word of god the gift of the spoken word of god the gift of the voice that god has given us to interpret the scripture if we had to be doing this without external help we would be miserable at it you know the story of how the man that was traveling to ethiopia he had to be helped by a philip who could interpret the scriptures for him this guy he was reading the scriptures on his way there but he didn't really understand it he didn't really grasp the full meaning of it but this man philip this apostle this evangelist this man who had been sent by god when he came and journeyed along with this eunuch who was going to ethiopia the bible says that he had a revelation which would change the rest of his life he got baptized his life got transformed he encountered jesus in that interpretation of the scripture and that is where i am extremely thankful to the lord for the masterful work that my father does each week when he brings the word of god every time that he opens his mouth to speak life every time that he opens his mouth to release a grace to release that river into my life i know that i can never be the same again i know that my life cannot be limited anymore i believe that each and every one of you were blessed by the word that dad shared on sunday and i was just taking some time to meditate on it and go back to it and i realized that i can't be ordinary anymore because there is a mandate given to us now to go and possess to go and take over to walk outside our comfort zone and god says that wherever you walk wherever you place the sole of your foot now that place is given to you it belongs to you that is a responsibility that the lord is giving each and every one of us see the inheritance will not come to us just because we have said an amen just because we have received a prophecy just because we have received a blessing week after week no this word that came to us last week it was pushing us out of our comfort zone to now start walking it out to start exercising the revelation that has come to us there's this one statement that dad made that i would like to repeat any amount of spiritual growth that you have it must be tested it must be tested by fire it must be tested by the presence of jesus it must be tested and that is how we know that this growth it is really from god this growth it is really long term it is really eternal and when we step out in faith when we do something about what we have heard we are in fact putting 
the growth that we have received to test. We are trying it out. We are exercising it. And we are seeing how much are we actually relying on God. Or if we are actually continuing to rely on our own ability and our own experience and our own strength and special talents that we may be proud about. My prayer is that we will not fail this test. That we will not have to repeat the same test again and again and again. I have made up my mind. I have decided that I am going to believe when my prophet says that I have the right to be rich here on the earth. I am not going to question it anymore. I believe it. I am just going to close my eyes and trust this word. And I am going to believe that my life here on earth is going to be in abundance. I believe that there are some believers who are listening to me this morning who are echoing the same in your own homes, over your own finances, over your own properties, the dreams that God has given you, all the things that God has said He is going to give to you. I believe that you are claiming that, standing upon that word, not being an unbeliever, but you are being a believer, that you are saying a yes. Instead of questioning everything, in this season I am just going to trust what God is saying. And God is saying that He is going to make me a blessing, not just to myself, but to nations. That is what God has promised to each and every one of us. And when He does give us a land, He doesn't give it without the presence of a river. I am glad that we have a river from which I can drink, from which we can receive uh, inspiration, from which I get the direction as to how I need to tend my land, when I need to tend my land, when I need to increase my investment, and when I need to take a step back, when I need to take a rest. All of that comes from observing this river by being attentive to the river. Oh, I'm so, so thankful to the Lord for the river that I am planted by, the river that maketh us glad. This is Psalm 46 and verse 4. It says that a river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city and it cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations, they are in chaos and their kingdoms, they crumble because God's voice, it thunders and the earth, it melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. If you believe that you have a river in your land, in your inheritance, in your blessing, then this is what will be real to you, what will happen for you. There will be a river that will constantly make you glad, that will constantly bring source of joy the source of happiness, the source of comfort from God's throne into your home. The Bible says that God is in their midst. His voice, He speaks and nations that surround you will be in chaos. I'm not saying that there will be no enemies that are going to fight you. I'm not saying that there are going to be no problems, no persecutions, no struggle. I'm saying 
that because of God's presence and his voice in your home, in your river, in your surroundings, in your metron, the Bible says that the nations that surround you, they will be in chaos because the Lord of heaven's armies is in our midst. If you've been in this ministry for a while, you know that God is here. That this ministry is not devoid of God's voice. This ministry is not devoid of God's presence. This ministry is not devoid of God's leading and direction. We rely on Jesus, His presence, His voice heavily. We're not just here to give out information about Bible and church and religion. No, we are here to have a relationship with the man and that man, he speaks. That man, when he speaks, the Bible says that there is the thunder, the earth, it begins to melt. The nations, it begins to crumble when that voice comes out of his mouth. And you and I, we have the privilege of hosting this voice. We have the privilege of submitting to a mouthpiece of God. I thank God for my father and mother. I thank God for each and every one of you who is a living stone in this house of God. And we form together a spiritual house, a house where his presence can be hosted. His presence can now be witnessed. His presence can now be multiplied so nations can eat from it. Nations can participate from it. On that note, if you're here for the very first time on this Bible study, do let us know where you're watching from. Do let us know how you connected with us. And we'd be excited to welcome you here in the comments section. For today's Bible reading portion, let's head on to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, 13, and 14. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Paul says, God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance that he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. And all of God's people said, Amen. This scripture is in continuation to what we began talking about last week. Paul is explaining God's plan to us, God's purposes to us. Even before we planned or desired or decided to follow Jesus, God planned and chose and predestined us to follow Him, predestined us to be His children, predestined us to be holy, to be blameless, to be perfect in His eyes. And in this scripture, it says that his purpose in all of this was that the ones that have put their trust in Christ 
would bring praise and glory to God. God's purpose for each and every one of our lives is that we will ultimately bring worship to Him. When we remember that that is the core of our existence here on earth, that worship is the primary reason we are alive, bringing praise to God and bringing glory to God is the ultimate goal of every Christian, every child of God. In fact, Paul is referring to himself. He says, we Jews, we were the first to put our trust in Christ because Jesus, when he came, he came among the Jews. He revealed himself to his brethren, to the ones that were in the family line of Judah. And the Bible says the reason God chose them, the reason, the purpose, the plan that God had behind each and every one of these guys experiencing Jesus is that they would bring praise and they would bring glory to God. Now, let's take a minute to understand this. Not everybody that brings glory and honor to God is actually a believer, is actually saved, or is actually a partaker of eternal life. What is the examples? Do you know that even the devil has to bring praise and glory to God? No matter what he does, no matter how hard he tries, his entire life ends up bringing praise and glory and honor to God. You know that the job description of the thief, of the enemy, is that he comes only to kill, steal and to destroy. And when we look at these things that he does, we may think this can never bring glory to God. This can never bring worship to God. And yet, we see that Jesus looked at the man who was born blind. I think this is in John chapter 9. Jesus looked at that man and everybody wanted to understand the source of his blindness. Everybody wanted to know what is the reason that he is blind. Now we know that it is the enemy, it is the devil, the thief who stole his sight, who destroyed something in him, who killed that light-seeing capacity that he had. And yet, Jesus looked at this man who was born blind, who has never seen light in his entire life. And this is Jesus' verdict. He says, this is for the glory of God. This is to bring praise and honor and worship to God. So it is possible that even what Satan himself does can end up bringing honor and glory to God. In the same way, you would see that the whole creation around us, they are worshiping God. The heavens, they declare the glory of God. The universe, the stars, it is worshiping God. The trees and the plants, everything that they do, it is worshiping God. So it doesn't necessarily mean if somebody is worshiping God, that they are saved, that they are good, that they are believers, that they have the right understanding, that they have a revelation of who they are worshiping. Worship doesn't necessarily justify your actions. Worship 
doesn't necessarily qualify you to be a believer. But the vice versa is really important that every child of God, every believer, born again individual has to make it their life's goal to live a life of worship, to live a life that brings praise and glory and honor unto God. But truth be told, that is not so hard. Even if you choose to disobey God, displease Him, live a life that is completely contrary to who God is, you will still end up worshipping Him. The Bible says that every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, every heart will have to submit and say that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So it's not possible for us to live a life devoid of worship. Worship is not in itself the one thing we are aiming for. That is why Jesus said that the Father is seeking worshippers, true worshippers, not worship, because God's got a lot of good worship from the stars, from the creation, from every living thing, every person that breathes on this planet, they end up giving worship to him. But God is not looking for worship. God is looking for worshippers. And this is how God defines worshippers. The Bible says, God is looking for true worshippers, they that worship him in truth and in spirit. So you and I, who are children of God, who are called to be part of his family, we have to give him not just passive worship, not the kind of worship that devils give him, not the kind of worship that the creation gives him. We have to give him a worship that is of superior quality, a kind of worship that comes from a true worshipper's posture, a kind of worship that he enjoys, that he looks forward to be part of. Please understand, your worship, though it may not look as glamorous or as glorious as the angels singing or as the universe declaring the glory of God, your worship is still more valuable, more precious to our Father in heaven. And in most cases, your worship may not even be a direct worship. It may be an act that you did or a word that you spoke that ended up provoking somebody else to worship, somebody else to glorify God. The book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 16, Jesus said, In the same way, let your good deeds, let it shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Jesus is saying, this is how worship can go to God. This is how your life can bring worship to your heavenly Father, is that your life becomes filled with light. And it says that your good deeds, it has to begin to shine for all to see. And now you're not the one worshipping. The ones that see your good deeds, they will begin to praise your heavenly Father. Some of these people that actually see your good deeds, 
may not be Christians. They may not be believers. They may not have the right theology. They may not be going to your church. But they will begin to praise your heavenly father. And that will not be their worship. That will be counted in your account. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 12, God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ, that we would bring praise and glory to God. It's not enough that we put our hope, our faith, our trust, our belief system in Christ. If our life fails to bring him worship, if our life is not living in the posture of being a true worshiper, if our life is not actively glorifying God, then we have lost the whole purpose, the reason for our existence. The Amplified Bible says that we exist to the praise of His glory. This is the whole reason why we are here. This is the whole reason why we are saved. Verse 13, Paul is now pointing to the Gentiles in the church at Ephesus and he says, And now you Gentiles, you have also heard the truth, the good news that saves you. He is explaining to them how they are saved. He's explaining to them how they are transformed. He's explaining to them the source of their metamorphosis. There was a process that they went through by which their DNA got changed. Their allegiance changed from being children of darkness to now becoming children of light. Now they are completely new people. They are in Christ. They are new creation, the Bible says. They are a, a fresh personality, a new, a born-again child of God. Jesus, as he was explaining all of this to Nicodemus, Nicodemus said, it's not possible for me to go back into my mother's womb and be born again. Because that's exactly how it feels to be born again. That's exactly how it feels to be a child of God. It is a clean slate. It's a brand new experience. And the Bible says, this is how you experienced that transformation. Reading verse 13 again. And now you Gentiles, you have also heard the truth. And what is this good news? It is that God saves you. That you don't save yourself. That you don't work your way up to God. But it is God who came down to you. It is God who took the first step. That it is God who loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. So that anybody that would believe in him can have everlasting life. Paul says that this is the way that you got saved. It is by hearing the truth. On a general note, if I had to ask you, how did you get saved? You tell me the prayer that you prayed. You tell me the decision card that you filled. Or you tell me the altar call that you went into. But none of them were the source of your salvation. The source of your salvation was your willingness to hear the truth. You keeping your ears open to 
the environment of truth that surrounded you. It could be the preacher who preached the truth to you. It could be the scripture that brought the truth to you. It could be the atmosphere of truth in your home, the atmosphere of truth in your friend circle. Wherever truth was exposed into your dead spirit, your dead spirit came to life. Please understand, at this point when you're dead in your flesh, when you're dead in your sin, you don't even have the capacity to say a yes to God. You don't even have the capacity to choose God's ways or God's perspectives. It is when the truth came into your spirit and the spirit came back to life. That is when you chose, okay, this is real. This is tangible. This is eternal. I want to give my life to this. But God took the first step by bringing truth into your spirit, by releasing content, information, knowledge, understanding that will bring you to life. I want you to imagine and visualize what happens in your spirit each time you expose yourself to the truth of God's word. When the man of God is prophesying over you, when the woman of God is bringing you a word from heaven, there is things coming to life on the inside of you. Things that didn't have the capacity to even get up and walk by itself. Those things that have been stagnant. Those things that have become like dry bones. Dreams that have been buried and just forgotten. Those things come back to life. Just like when Ezekiel, when he began to prophesy, the Bible says that the dry bones, they began to get up. There was a sound and the bones began to brush against each other. Each bone found its corresponding bone. If you had the opportunity to interview one of these bones, they would tell you they didn't have the capacity to do this on their own. They couldn't have found the corresponding bone in a valley of dry bones in a million years. But because there was a prophecy, because the Son of Man began to speak something that was a declaration, there was a prophetic word, the Bible says the bones began to join and they became ultimately a large army, an army that is going to now transform nations, that is going to build, that is going to tear down, that is going to fight the battles of the Lord. That is what is happening in your spirit, my dear friend. Every time the word is coming to you, every time you expose your heart, your mind, your body, your spirit, when you're giving it to receive the truth of God's word. I'm so thankful to the Lord for the Shaiju Matthew app that I can just go into and keep listening to some of these teachings that I have never heard before. I'm grateful for information and access to truth, to things that are going to provoke life inside of me. Yes, I am spiritually alive. Yes, I am a child of God. Yes, I know that I am saved by Jesus. And yet, I remain 
numb to so many other truths and i don't have the capacity to arrive to those truths by myself somebody has to expose those truths into my spirit so that those aspects of my life can come back those dreams can come back those things that i have buried can come back those potential that i have neglected can come to life somebody has to speak the truth to me god's voice need to reach my spirit it needs to reach those areas of my mind else we will remain prisoners of our experience we will remain prisoners of our bitterness we will remain prisoners of our circumstances it is only a voice that comes from a dimension that is above us that has the capacity to free us that has the capacity to give us life give us exposure to god himself so my dear friends do not take lightly when the word is coming to you it could be a bible study it could be just an encouragement it could even be a prophetic instruction that you receive just on your way out of the church or just your way into the church never neglect the truth that is coming into your spirit because that truth when you say yes to it when you just yield to it when you are just available to absorb that truth there are things in your life that are coming back that are being resurrected and you're being activated in new realms into new dimensions into new arenas into new areas that you never had access to before reading verse 13 one more time and now you gentiles you have also heard the truth the good news that god is the one who saves you you've you've have had access to this truth and then he says and when you believed in the truth that came to you when you believed in christ he identified you as his own by giving you the holy spirit this holy spirit was promised long ago you understand that this book that we are reading we will be learning about our identity learning about who we are learning about what do we call ourselves how do we see ourselves and it says that he identified us as his own there was a transformation of identity that happened when we believed it didn't happen only by hearing see by hearing i came back to life by hearing i now have the capacity to say a yes but now when i say a yes now i when i begin to believe now when i begin to trust in what is being spoken to me now when i begin to put it into action now when there is works and faith working hand in hand the bible says that he identified us as his own there is a new identity that is given to each and every one of us there is a new revelation that is given to us about who we are now who gives us this identity is it the church that you are part of is it the denomination that you worship in is it the organization that you cling to 
who gives you your identity it is very necessary we understand this because sometimes we cling on to identities that are earthly that are not heavenly that are not given by god himself and in doing so we cling to the vain traditions that are handed down i've been in conversations where people tell me wait i'm a pentecostal and this is how pentecostals do marriage this is how pentecostals do their finance this is how pentecostals do their makeup this is what pentecostals wear or somebody would say i'm a methodist and and this is how i would do my life this is how i would go to church and this is how i would worship or i'm a baptist and we what we try to do is we define our identity based on a denomination we define our identity based on what somebody told us we define our identity based on just external factors whereas it was not supposed to be something that your church would tell you who you are it was not supposed to be something that your pastor tells you who you are it is not supposed to be something that your parents or your community tells you who you are or who you are supposed to be it says that he identified us as his own how by giving us the holy spirit it is the holy spirit it is the presence of the holy spirit in us that gives us this new identity and this new identity makes us want to be known as those that belong to him not to an organization not to a denomination no 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 but as those that belong to jesus oh this experience is very beautiful it is a life transforming experience do you know how jesus received his identity i want you to pictureize what happened to jesus and i want you to parallel this verse to what happened to jesus the bible says that as jesus came out of the water the heavens were opened and the holy spirit descended upon jesus in the form of a dove and then the father spoke with a voice loud for everybody to hear this is my dearly loved son in whom i am well pleased now reading parallelly what paul said when you believed in christ he identified you as his own by giving you the holy spirit whom he promised long ago he identified you as his dearly loved son his dearly loved daughter his dearly pleasured treasured child and he says he identified you as his own by giving you the presence of the holy spirit wow which means there is something tangible that comes upon you when you believe there is something tangible that enters into your spirit when you believe which means there is an impartation that happens on each and every one of us when we say a yes first of course when we get saved we get filled in the presence of the holy spirit and every time there is truth being spoken to us every time we allow 
prophetic instructions, prophetic revelations, prophetic understanding of who God is be exposed into our spirit and we come alive and we say yes to it when we believe in it, there is an impartation of His presence, of His Holy Spirit. And along with that impartation comes a new revelation of who we are. Now, before you get too excited, let me tell you, it's not going to be easy from here on. It's not like as soon as Jesus was declared to be the dearly loved son of the Father, all demons decided to leave and run away. We know that the exact opposite happened. His identity that was declared was tested for the next 40 days. The devil kept asking him, if you're a son of God, why don't you try this? If you're the son of God, why don't you jump from here? Why don't you eat this? Why don't you say this? Why don't you worship me? There was so many temptations to stray away from his identity. Like our prophet said last week, every spiritual growth, it must be tested. It must go through fire for us to know if this is real or not. And whenever you receive a revelation, whenever you understand who you are, don't expect things to just come and fall into your lap. It is going to be tested. It will go through that fiery process. Let me take a moment to explain this to you. You come to church and then dad is teaching us on marriage. And then there are things on the inside of you that are provoked. Things come back to life. And then you say a yes to it. You yield to it. You believe what God is speaking. And all of a sudden, you receive an impartation. You receive the grace, the spirit to be a great husband, to be a loving husband, to be a serving husband. And then you say yes to this identity that, yeah, I am a loving husband. I am a Christ-like husband. I am like Jesus. And when you go home, it is not all going to work out for you. It is going to be a test of the identity that you just received. The whole week, you're going to be tempted to do the exact opposite of what came into your spirit as a revelation. The whole week, you are going to be tempted to not be a good husband, to not be a serving husband, to not be a Jesus-like husband. Every opportunity that the devil will get after this revelation comes will be an opportunity to test and see whether you really believe in your identity. And that is where, my dear friends, that is where we fail. We think God said that I am his son. If yes, why is all of this happening to me? God said that my marriage will succeed. Then why is all of this happening to me? God said that the dry bones will live. Then why is this death still surrounding me? God said that all my enemies will vanish away. Then why am I still hearing their voices? And it is in this season of being tested that we have to hold on to who we are. The Bible says that when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own. He has identified you as His own. That is when you have to cling to that identity that He has given you. I am not my own. I belong to Him. He has identified me as 
his own. And this is how he did it. It is by giving me the presence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I am so thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is because of the presence of the Holy Spirit that I can now overcome temptations, that I can now overcome Satan himself. Please understand, in the Old Testament, you would rarely find any man of God directly encountering Satan. The only couple of examples would be one in Genesis. This is before the fall when Eve is encountering Satan and she has to overcome. But in the Old Testament, all their battles were with flesh and blood, with people, not with Satan himself. But in the New Testament, you and I, we are not battling against flesh and blood. Our battle is primarily against the unseen powers, the unseen rulers. We are fighting spiritual forces. And the reason being that you and I, we are equipped with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament saints, as great as some of them were, they were not equipped with the presence of the Holy Spirit. They couldn't fight Satan. They had to fight a Goliath. They had to fight these human enemies. But you and I, we don't necessarily fight flesh and blood. We fight the unseen powers, the unseen forces. We can fight Satan himself and we can come out victorious. Do you know why? It is because we have the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the new Adam, the later Adam, the second Adam, the Bible says he was tempted in the same way that the original Adam, the first Adam, was tempted. But Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, overcame those temptations and overcame Satan and set the way for us to live a life of victory. So we can now overcome Satan. So we can now pass in all of our tests so that we don't succumb to the lies that the enemy speaks to us. Are you receiving this today? Wherever you are, I want you to believe that when you heard the truth, when you received this revelation, the good news that God saves you, you, you came to life. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. And he has given you his Holy Spirit. You're not an orphan. You're not living by yourself. You're not trying to serve God on your own ability. No, you've been identified as God's own by the infilling presence of the Holy Spirit. And this was a gift that was promised to us long time ago in the Old Testament. All throughout scripture, this is a promise to every child of God. If you have not received the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit, all you need to do today is begin to believe. Say, thank you God for making me alive. Thank you God for bringing me back to life. I couldn't have done this by myself, but I thank you for doing it in me. And today, I believe that you've called me as your own. I believe. I accept you. I want to live the rest of my life for you, for your purposes. Now come and fill me. Come and transform me. Come and change me. Come and take me up 
change my perspectives, carry me higher, increase my capacity, change me from the inside out, renew a right spirit within me. Holy Spirit, take complete control in my life. Let rivers of living water flow from my belly because I believe I'm thirsty. Jesus said, if you're thirsty, just come and ask for it. Come and drink. Come and yearn for it. If you're thirsty, just come. And if you're willing to ask, if you're willing to hunger, if you're willing to believe, then Jesus said, out of your bellies, it will happen. Not just the apostles, not just the pastors, but out of your bellies, out of every person that's going to believe, will flow reverse of living water. Reverse will flow. Reverse of God's presence. Reverse of the Holy Spirit. Reverse of revelations. Reverse of fresh identity for fresh assignments. Fresh revelations for fresh conquests. It will flow in your life. Oh, you will not be left as an orphan. No, 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 no. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I can feel the Lord just filling your home and your room. And, and some of you, you're experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit in a fresh new way today. And the Lord is giving you His identity. He's renaming you. He's erasing that old identity, those names that your friends called you, those names that your parents gave you, those names that your enemies gave you. He's renaming you. I, I see a vision of a, a label maker. And I see that there is a fresh label being put on certain names. Some of your comments, you know, when you comment, your name comes up here in YouTube. But the Lord is giving a fresh label to each of your names. And the Lord is calling you beloved. The Lord is calling you precious. The Lord is calling you more than conqueror. The Lord is calling you mighty hero. The Lord is calling you more than enough. The Lord is calling you by His heartbeat for you. He is not saying that you are incomplete. He is not calling you all those weird things that you thought about yourself. He is not limited by your limitations. No, He is seeing you from His perspective. And He is giving you a fresh identity. Just speak in tongues for a few seconds and just receive this new identity in your spirit right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We allow you to move. We allow you to change us. We allow you to elevate us. We allow you to transform us from the inside out, Lord. All the dirt that needs to be removed let it be removed today. Everything that we believed about ourselves, let it be changed today. Yes. Welcome Holy Spirit. We thank you because you were promised long ago. And right now you're filling our homes and our lives and you're filling our jobs. You're filling our responsibilities, our relationships, our resources, you're filling each and every aspect of our lives. You're filling our bodies, our 
broken bodies and you're restoring things that we thought we lost. You're restoring our identity today. Oh, we yield to you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your sweet presence. The other translations, in fact, say that we were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. And now we are owned and protected by God. Wherever you are, there is a stamp that has come upon your spirit today. There is a seal, there is a fresh seal that has come upon your spirit today. A fresh seal that has come upon your relationships. A fresh seal that has come upon your commitments, your Yes to God. There is a fresh seal that has come. Wow. Beautiful. Let's read verse 14 and conclude and continue to allow the Holy Spirit to do his sweet work in us. Verse 14, it says that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance that he promised us. And that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would eventually praise and glorify him. It says that this seal, this stamp, this infilling of the Holy Spirit, it is a guarantee. Or in other words, the down payment or the first installment or a pledge of foretaste. It says in the Amplified Bible, a foretaste of the inheritance. You know, what we experience right now, what we are enjoying right now, it's only the appetizer or the foretaste or the first installment, the down payment, the pledge. And there is so much more that we are about to receive. It says that he has given us this Holy Spirit as the guarantee that there is so much more. Which means that when the full payment comes, when the entire inheritance comes, oh my God, it is going to be so glorious. It is going to be so amazing. It is going to be so tangible, so real, so beautiful that our whole life will be enveloped in God's glory. Our whole life will be enveloped in His beauty. Our whole life will be defined by the presence of this river. You know the story of Ezekiel, how the angel took him into the river one step at a time. Initially, the water was only as deep as his ankles. And he was able to feel the water. He was excited. He was enjoying it. And yet... The water was only up to his ankles. And when he was enjoying that water, he thought, this is it. This is amazing. This is the best that I can ever experience. And then the angel took him a little deeper. Now the water was up to his knees. Then the angel pulled him deeper into the river. Now the water was up to his waist. Then the angel took him so deep that he could no longer stand. Now he had to swim now the river began to control his direction. Now he's completely enveloped in that river. 
So whatever you're experiencing today, whatever you're enjoying in Jesus today, whatever grace you've, you know, tapped into till now, it is nothing, my dear friends. It is only the foretaste of all the glorious inheritance that is in store for us. It is only a beginning point, the start, the down payment, the first installment of the glory that is in store for us. So I want you to prepare your heart for more. I want you to prepare your heart to go deeper into this river. According to your hunger, according to your willingness, the angel will pull you in. What we witnessed in this 75 days of daily seeking God and receiving from God that we have just experienced and we continue to experience is the angel that is assigned to us, the angel that is watching over our lives, the angel to our church, the angel of God, the man of God, the woman of God, they are drawing us deeper into the river. They are, they are pulling us deeper into things, into places that they have been to. And that's what we were experiencing. And there is more. There is more. The more we begin to acknowledge that what we have, where we are, it is not enough, the deeper we will go into. The further we will experience the fire, the stronger will be the flow of that river. And we will experience an all-enveloping presence, all taking over, all control is lost, where you don't control yourself anymore, where now the Holy Spirit begins to control you. You're driven by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says Jesus reached a place where he was driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. He was taken over. He was led by the Holy Spirit. And today, wherever you are in life, in your journey with the Holy Spirit, if we will refuse to be satisfied, then we will experience what it means to experience the fullness, the complete inheritance that He promised to us. And this process of receiving and being filled by the Holy Spirit, it will continue until your redemption is complete. There is coming a day when there will be no sin left in you, no effect or consequence of sin left in you, no trace of poverty or sickness left in your body, no trace of Adam and Eve left in your environment. Until that day comes, till that point arrives, till we reach that place where we are completely redeemed from our old selves, the Holy Spirit will continue to fill you, will continue to reveal who you are, will continue to speak to you about your identity, and will continue to give you more. When you begin to acknowledge the little that you already have, when you begin to worship and thank God and surrender to the little that you already have, the little foretaste that you have, the little appetizer that you have, the little first installment, the down payment, the guarantee that you have, you will receive the complete inheritance. You will receive the fullness of this river. You will receive more and more that is in store for you. And every time he encounters you, you are made anew. You are made different. You are challenged. You are changed. You are transformed into a brand new person. 
And what is the purpose of this transformation? It is so that we can continue to bring praise and glory and honor to God. Let me read verse 12, 13 and 14 of Ephesians chapter 1 one more time. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ, we would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, you've also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he had promised to us long ago. This Holy Spirit is in fact God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance that he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the transformations that has taken place in our spirit as we exposed ourselves to the truth. We thank you for the dead things, the dead dreams that has come alive. We yield to the truth of God's word. And we say yes to the new identity that the Holy Spirit is giving us. Because you have identified us as your own. You have purchased us, redeemed us to be your own people. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the infilling presence, the tangible presence, the river that maketh our hearts glad, the river that transforms us, the river that continues to pull us deeper and deeper into an encounter with God. We thank you for this foretaste, this initial experience, which is an announcement of so much more, so much greater to come. We yield ourselves to you, God. Have your way. Take over our lives. We thank you for this stream. We thank you for our prophets. We thank you for your grace upon tonight's word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. It is always a pleasure and a joy to hear from you. So you're welcome to leave a comment. You're even welcome to connect with us on Telegram. We have a channel by the name Revive Nations. And you can look up Shaiju Matthew. And here you will continually receive updates and you will receive announcements, any changes, any fresh word or directions from dad, you will receive it on time. Make sure to turn on your notification so you don't miss a single update over there. Thank you. God bless you. We will see you on Sunday. We are excited to climb higher. And until then, remain diligent and exercise your dominion everywhere you go. Shalom.